Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 252, and it's titled, How Women Can Inspire Their Men to Greatness with Claudia Phillips. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today. You know, I'm in a very fortunate place in this podcast where I get pitched by PR agents every week, like a lot of them, more than I can actually keep up with these days. So I, I never have a lack of interesting people to talk to on the show. And I rarely actually reach out to anybody myself and say, hey, I would like to have you on the show. Uh, today's guest is somebody I actually reached out to. Uh, we were on a summit, the same summit. We had never met before, but we got connected that way. And I was watching her social media posts, and I was really resonating with her message. And so I reached out to her and said, I would love to have you on the show. I don't think anything that we're going to talk about today is controversial, in my personal opinion. But I think that people listening to the show might find some of the things we talk about to be rather controversial. <laughs> Nevertheless, they need to be talked about because they are, in my opinion, uh, some universal truths. So that's what we're all about here on this show is sharing the truth. So we're going to talk about you know, relationship dynamics between men and women and what are the roles in those relationships and how can we show up to support each other in the best way that we can and a whole lot more. So I think it's going to be a great conversation. I've been looking forward to it all week. Uh, so without any further ado, let's hear from our sponsor and then welcome our guest to the show. Okay. Do you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed? Then check out Power and Mastery. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Listeners of the show know that that is the men's sexual mastery course, or courses really, that uh, Celine and I created. They are fantastic. We get great feedback. If you are having problems in any area, whether it's uh, premature ejaculation, erection difficulty, or just wanting to master your sexual skills and show up better for your partner, check out powerandmastery.com. Okay, today's guest is Claudia Wheeler Phillips, and she is a certified sex, love, and relationship coach who specializes in helping powerful, successful women call in lasting sacred partnership with their king. She and her husband, Jonathan, are devoted to helping heal the schism between men and women on this planet and thrive in divine union. So welcome to the show, Claudia. Thank you so much, Kevin. It is delightful to be here with you. So, you know, in your bio, it says that you work with women, but I want listeners to know that what we're going to talk about today is not directed completely at women. Right. So women who are listening, you can definitely learn from this. You can learn how to inspire your man and how to be a better woman in relationship. But men, I hope you're listening up, too, because what she's going to talk about is the kind of woman you want to look for. And if your woman is not treating you that way, then uh, you, you, you might want to rethink that relationship. So there's something here to be learned for both sides. Um, I'm, I can almost guarantee that. Yes. Oh, so let's just, I mean, we're going to just jump right in. Uh, I say that a lot when I start the show because I often like to just 
literally go right into the deep end. Like we don't, we don't wade in gently or gradually. Let's just go straight for it. My first question is, how would you describe the current status of masculinity and femininity in relationships? What are we dealing with right now? Yeah, we are dealing with like a shit show. Like we are dealing with, I would say like chaos and confusion and just complete disorder. And, you know, I mean, I think it's even controversial in some ways to bring up masculine masculinity and femininity as actual like principles that are beyond just a social construct. But because we live in a world where these ideas or these truths, let's say, are basically built up to be just that. Oh, this is all this. This doesn't have anything to do with biology. This doesn't have anything to do like with the truth of who we are essentially as men and women it's kind of a free-for-all. And while that feels good, that may feel like a good idea for a while, you know, you can be like, ooh, I can be whoever I want to be in relationship. There's no rules. I can do whatever I want. It's causing a lot of chaos in relationships. It's causing a lot of division, and it's causing a lot of confusion in people's relationships, marriages, love lives, and across, like, the society at large. So that's how I see it. I completely agree with you. I love the way that you phrased it. It's a shit show. And it is a shit show. show. And then you and I, who both do relationship coaching, we see it on a daily basis what a shit show it is. We can see how people can't figure out how to show up in a relationship. And we can see the conflicts. We can see the lack of polarity. We can see all the problems. And speaking for myself, because I can't speak for you, it yeah. is often, from a third-party point of view, really obvious to me when I'm working with somebody what the problems are, mm-hmm. and yet they can't see it. Totally. I mean, I think we have been, by and large, I know I have, we've all been sold this idea that like all of the stuff, polarity and masculine and feminine and marriage and actually having roles... It's all just something that, and I I think this, you know, it goes back, there's, you can trace it back to like Marxism and neo-Marxism essentially, is that like, it's these, like, there aren't actually any real truths. It's just something that has all been socially constructed and it's all like a power hierarchy, right? And so because that, we think of it that way. And so we take on this idea that like, we have to do whatever we can to get out of that, And so I see so many women and also men like leaving what is home to them, leaving their essence, leaving masculinity or femininity like that is inherent to them. That is like a biological reality that is a hormonal reality. It's not just a social construct. I truly believe this. And this has been my experience in my own life and just coaching so many women in this area, it's like, because we believe it's not real, we believe it's a social construct. And we believe not only it's a social construct, it's a social construct that was like, created to somehow oppress women, right? Then we're doing everything we can to like, fight against that, which is causing huge divisions between the sexes. It's like the battle of the sexes. If we thought it was bad in the 80s, it's like, it's never been worse. Yeah. And so... Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that I just said, but like, and we can kind of dissect the different pieces, but 
Um, I feel like we're pushing against who we are innately and we're trying to do something else because we don't believe there's any like innate truth of who we are, like biologically and physiologically and hormonally. And, and so, but, but then we encounter soon after that, like, oh, something's not going, something's not working here. Something is not working in my relationships. Either I can't find a good man. I can't find a man that I'm actually attracted to. I don't know how to actually be in relationship with a man. I'm speaking from like the woman's perspective. I don't know how to like have a secure lasting partnership or marriage. And so I'm alone. Yeah. So you, you covered a lot there. I'm going to see if I, I can... know I covered a, a ton. Yeah, well, we can totally, this, this is great. I, and I love everything you said. I just want to make sure that, I, that I can remember all the different pieces. So yeah, of course. Let's, let's take a few steps backwards because, uh, something I don't really talk a lot about on this show, uh, which is geopolitics, which is actually a hobby of mine listeners. I don't think I've ever told the listeners this on the show, but, but I actually have a degree in political science among other things. So it, it's something that uh, I actually spend a lot of time, uh, following. And so you kind of brought a, a part of that into this conversation, which is the cultural Marxism that is a big yes. influence on what's happening here. And you're absolutely right. They, they have this idea. Uh, it's basically another term for it would be like moral relativism, right? Where there are totally. no absolute yeah. truths, right? Everything is relative. Well, that's not really true if you look at it this way or that way or whatever. Now, the reason they have that philosophy is because if they can get you to believe that there are no actual truths, then they can make you believe anything they want. Anything can be true. Literally anything. Anything. And that's yep. the point. The point is to break down your resistance, to break down the society so that you can program it any way you want. Because if you, if you didn't break down that moral structure, you couldn't come in and say, you know, uh, black is white and white is black, right? Because people go, well, no, yeah. it's not. We can all clearly see that, you know, white is white and black is black, right? You know, like just to use yeah. a really simple example. And so that is a huge piece that I see as well is this idea of deconstructing the culture so that you can reprogram it the way that you want. And I won't go down the rabbit hole of the agendas behind that, of what they want to program and why, because it's not really relevant to the discussion today. But I think it is relevant to at least understand what some of the pressure from society is that's, that's causing this. Now, mm -hmm. the second point that you made that I really wanted to touch on, too, was that a lot of people have fallen for this, right? And so they're, they're going down this road. They don't realize that they've fallen for it. And then they do exactly what you said, which is they go, something's not working. And I just don't understand why. Right. Yeah. And then they end up coming to somebody like me or you going, help me fix this. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they're not understanding what's going wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and people think that they can just do whatever they want in relationship. And that may work for a while. But ultimately, like, I believe that our roles, and again, I'm not like super like hardcore rigid gender roles, like you have to be like, like women have to be subservient to men or anything like that. But there are like, there are actual real things and real roles and real 
like there's a there's an actual experience of what it's like to to embody the feminine in the relationship and then to embody the masculine and when we're not doing that things to get tend to get really chaotic like one of my teachers says it's like a hot mess when yeah. you don't have people in their respective roles and so you know and and although we have all of this ide- ideology that's sort of been programmed within us to be like oh, I, I can't do this. This is oppressive. Or me being a wife, I made a post about this earlier today. Is like, what comes up for you around being a wife? If it's like, oh, it feels like oppression or if it feels like somehow I'm being stuffed into some role or some some box, like, I don't think that's actually true. I think that's that's programming. That's people's ideology. Or maybe they've had a bad experience with it. So I'll give them that. But like, maybe they weren't doing it right. But when people try and kind of leave, go really, really far, when we stray really, really far from our respective roles, we get relational chaos. And then we get societal chaos as well. And that's what we're seeing like across the world right now, especially the Western world. Yes. Well, just to get back to the, the geopolitical part of it is part of deconstructing the family unit is to create societal chaos because they also want to reset society. So you got to tear down the old yeah. society in order to build a new society. So that that's a part of the agenda, but I don't want to go any further down that, but I do want to talk about yes. the gender roles themselves because, you know, this is a subject and I really wish Celine, my, my late wife were here because this is a subject that was near mm-hmm. and dear to her heart as well. Um, and we would have discussions about this all the time, about our roles, her and I, in our relationship. And mm. we have what would appear from the outside to be very traditional gender roles. But the discussion we would have all the time is that's the way we liked it because that's what, that's what brought us alive. So like just super simple yes. examples. Like, you know, I took care of everything on the outside of the house, whether it was the yard, the cars, the maintenance of this, that, the trash, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I didn't necessarily always enjoy taking care of the stinky trash or the dead animal in the backyard or whatever (laughs) it is. But I actually enjoyed that more than, say, doing the house cleaning. Like, I just despise doing the house cleaning. But I'll go out there and scoop up the remnants of the rabbit that the hawk just ripped to shreds in my backyard, you know? I'm like, all right, not fun, but whatever, you know? And for her, it was the other way around. She was like... You know, making the home clean made her feel alive inside. Cooking a good meal made her happy that she was providing. And so we chose those roles not because I said, well, I'm the man, I'm supposed to do that. I chose that role because I'm like, if I have a choice, that's what I'd rather be doing. And same for her. Yes. Now, she knew that she could do all those things too because she lived by herself. She could go scoop up the dead animals and bury them in the backyard. She's done it, but she doesn't like to do it. She would rather have me do it, right? Yes. There's actual science behind this too that shows that when we do things as men, it stimulates certain hormones in our body that make us feel good. Mm. You know, this is, this is like the whole classic thing with men and women where like, you know, women want to talk about it, you know, and then the women are always trying to get their men to talk about it, not realizing that talking is not what stimulates the feel good hormones for us. 
For us, it's like, let's mm. go out and do something physical, right? You know, let's go hit some golf yes. balls. Let's go hit the punching bag, right? Let's get on our mountain bikes, right? That, that's what stimulates us biochemically. And for women, it's the yes, bonding so experience. True. It's the talking with the girlfriends. It's the sharing the feelings will stimulate that biochemical experience, right? So there's real science yes. behind the gender roles. There really is. There's like an innate you could call it like divine or biological intelligence. And, and I just wanted to say like what you were saying, all of those things of like going, I mean, my husband is totally this way too. It's like, if I'm like, there's a spider in the house and like, Oh my God, like, you know, but it, it, it makes him more attractive to me that he's willing to kill the spider. It makes him more attractive to me, more, more, appealing as a husband when he's willing to go out and deal with the car that's not running, you know, like when men can go out there and solve problems in the world and kind of come back to us, it's like, you guys like to win. Right. And it, it's like, we want, the thing is women don't realize this. We biologically, hormonally, energetically, whatever you want to think about that, we actually want men to win for us. And yet we've been conditioned to believe, to do the opposite, to actually, emasculate men to cut them off from winning in their lives and that's that's where this thing gets really weird and funky and wonky and where things start to fall apart i would say that like the thing that i just mentioned like when we we stop letting men win for us that's when everything goes south that that is a big part of it and you know a lot of women don't realize that as men and this is the uh, the term that that celine used to use all the time um is as men, we want to be the hero. We want to show yes. up for you as the hero. But if you're not yes. allowing us to do it, you don't get the benefit of that. And we don't get the benefit of that. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody loses. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's really bringing me into the very next question. So that's great segue. Thank you. <laughs> which yes. is which is uh you know one of the ways you talk about healing the current state is by women inspiring their men to rise. And this is actually a term that Celine used to use a lot too, this idea of inspiring mm. the man to rise. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that really means and how a woman might go about doing that, why a woman would want to do it, and also why a man would want his woman to do it. I know I just gave you like really six sub-questions, but, but really just let, let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about what that means. Yeah, so I love this topic, and this is like the core of so much of the work I do with women is like how to inspire him to rise, how to inspire him to step up, how to really elevate him into his highest self, into, into that hero, into that protector, into that, you know, you could talk about it, like in terms of a king archetype or whatever, like we all want that. Like, I believe all women really want that. And yet we're creating the opposite impact on the men in our lives without even realizing it. And this is the part again, where things get really south things start to get really funny and funky really fast is because we don't, we're not even aware of where it is that we may be clipping or castrating or, you know, unintentionally putting sticks in the wheels of him fully stepping into the, the version of himself that we really want to, him to be. And probably he wants that too. So I think the first step is to become aware of what, and, and this is so hard. I say like every woman I work with in this area, it's like, there's almost like a reckoning. There's a moment of reckoning of like, 
whoa, I've been doing all of these things that has been causing the opposite effect of what it is that I truly want. I have been condemning him. I've been criticizing him. I've been mothering him. I've been controlling him. I've been nagging him. So it's like, there's this long laundry list of things that we do as women that it's like, he's this, think about him. Like he's like a plant growing up out of the ground and we're just coming and we're like clipping that plant from growing. And, um, so I think the first thing we have to do is, is realize where we're doing that, where we're unconsciously clipping him from rising up, which is, can be a brutal and very humbling experience for women. Cause it's like, wow, this is me. This isn't even his fault. And of course, everybody's responsible for themselves. So I'm not saying that like we're responsible for how men show up, but there is an interdependency and there is a very real impact that we have on men because we're so inextricably linked as men and women. Like we're, we, we do this dance of life together. And so we have to come to terms with the fact that it's like, it's like getting, getting sober. It's, it's exactly like that. It's like, wow, I have to look in the mirror and I have to be like, wow, where have I actually been unconsciously emasculating him and keeping him from rising up in the way that I want? Yeah. And this is a very hard thing for a lot of women to do. So again, I'm going to yeah. be speaking a, a bit more in this episode about, you know, Celine, my wife, but you know, she used to teach a program that she called the irresistible woman. And one of the things that she taught in there mm. were the four C's, the four C's that women mm. should never do, which is exactly what you just said, right? It's the complaining, the criticizing, the comparing, the competing, right? Like all that kind of stuff. Totally. And you know, just having watched her work with a number of women over the years, I can see the resistance that these women would have when they show up. They're like, she's she's getting in their face and saying, look, here's, and she would use the exact same word that you just said, which is you're emasculating him. You're literally cutting his balls off. And then you're wondering, wondering why you're not having a real man in your relationship, right? And they just... It would be so hard sometimes, not all of them, some of them would have a major light bulb go off and go, oh my God, I didn't even know I was doing that, right? But yes. some of them, there would be so much resistance, like, no, yes. no, that can't be, that's not going on, right? But when they would finally get it and they would mm. finally let go, they would see their relationships transform. It's it's so hard. Like it's so hard for us as women to, to be able to, and I, I, for anyone who goes on this journey or anyone who's listening to this, if you're having that moment now or that awakening of like, wow, yeah, maybe I have been criticizing him. Yeah. Maybe I have been nagging him. Yeah. Maybe I have been mothering him. It's not about like beating up on yourself or, you know, going into like a guilt trip or anything with yourself or anything like that. It's more just about creating that awareness and that, clarity around the impact that you have as a woman, because we, as women, we have a tremendous impact on men, whether we like it or not. It's just, I don't know, for some reason, this is, this seems to be how the, the fabric of the universe is woven. It's like, we, I love it. We as women have that. Yeah. And it's beautiful, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, we can use that power for good, or we can unconsciously not use that power in a way that, that creates the opposite effect of what we want. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's this often this idea that being too feminine, being really like in that feminine place is somehow uh, weak, right? That, that femininity mm. equals weakness. And I, 
it blows my mind when I hear that because I think, wow, have you really missed it? How have you missed? The feminine is so unbelievably powerful. She just does it in a different way. And this is a conversation that I have a lot of times. Yes. Like, all right, so I have a long past with martial arts, various forms of martial arts. And so I mm. sometimes will use martial arts uh, as, as analogies to talk about this. So the analogy that I use a lot of times is uh, the feminine is kind of more like Aikido. And if you know anything about Aikido, Aikido is not about brute force or strength. Aikido takes the other person's energy and just subtly redirects it. So that's when the punch comes in and you just redirect it over here. It almost looks like you're doing nothing, but all the energy is going somewhere else, right? That's Aikido. Whereas something, say, like Muay Thai, which is an art that I studied for many years, um, is just, it's as masculine as it gets. It is bone on bone, punch and kick as hard as you can, use your elbows, use your knees. It is brute force. There's nothing subtle about it. There's nothing feminine about it. It's just brute force. And that, I, that's a great representation of, of sort of more of the masculine idea, right? And so... yes. But the idea is they're both incredibly powerful. They're just powerful in different ways. And that, that's why I like to use that as an example. The being in your feminine is by no means weak. I mean, where does the expression, behind every great man, there's a great woman? What, what are they trying to say there? They're trying to say that he's not doing it by himself, that there's somebody there, yes. even if she's behind the scenes, empowering him to be that man that you see up there. There's so much I want to say on the heels of everything that you just said. Let's see if we're, where we can go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So what you said around feminine power, I feel like there is a truth that, that that's so deep. That is the feminine power is like soft power. It's not force. It's more flow. It's it's more of a soft power that like organically, naturally moves things without having to get in there and like take your hands and like move the thing. And I think the martial arts example is is so so it's it's perfect for this because it really is. I mean, women like we can literally just sit there. And like things happen around us. We can just like sit, we can just be in our essence and like things happen. Like it's just the way it is. But I think we've been conditioned by the world and society to believe that power is, looks a certain way. Power is what is obvious. Power is what you do. Power is not what you be, it's what you do. It's about going out there and being powerful. It's going out there and being a CEO. It's going out there, sort of that penetrating out into the world, that hero's journey. I'm going to go out into the world. I'm going to win. I'm going to fight the dragon. I'm going to slay the beast. That's power, right? And so I think because we've all been conditioned to believe, and we all want power, like, you know, it's, I think, it's almost like something that we we want to be able to be powerful in our lives so we can create what it is that we desire, I believe. And that's not a bad thing. But because we've t- been taught that this more like masculine model of power is the only model of power, 
we have a whole generation of women going out and trying to be heroes, trying to take the hero's journey, the masculine hero's journey, which is very different from the feminine heroine's journey, which we can talk about if you want. But it's it's this going out, it's this proving myself, it's this fighting the, you know, fighting the the dragon or whatever and and making something of myself. We as women, we don't operate this way. It doesn't, it's literally incoherent to our systems. It's, it's biologically, hormonally, energetically off in every single way. And when we do that, we get exhausted, we get burned out, we get resentful towards men because we find ourselves all alone in this, you know, alpha female trying to do everything by herself and proving herself and she's just as good as a man. And it doesn't work. And I think a lot of women, at least a lot of women in my world, maybe this hasn't happened at the collective at large yet, but hopefully it will eventually, are kind of hitting that breaking point where like, I don't like being in this masculine energy. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. I'm hitting a wall. I may be able to get acquire the things and get a bunch of money or whatever, but like there's something deep that's missing within my soul. And, and I think a lot of people are hitting that kind of breaking point. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. And I, I want to maybe make a, a, a point, and this kind of goes back to the earlier analogy that I used with the housework with, with Selena and I, which is that women are capable of doing that masculine hero's journey, of being the CEO, of doing those things. It's not that they're not capable mm. of doing it, but it's what you hit yes. on is, is it makes them tired, exhausted, burnt out, and it doesn't fulfill them. And they sit there with this feeling of something is missing, something is wrong, mm. something is not there. And unfortunately, a lot of times what that does is cause them to try harder on the masculine path right? To try to fill in that void that they feel because they don't understand what, what is actually missing, right? And then they just, they basically dig that void even deeper than before. I think there's also something that happens when women do that, when we get very in that, like, that penetrative proving myself out there in the world mode, is that we isolate ourselves from the masculine. We isolate ourselves, we alienate ourselves from what it is that we desire, which is ultimately having a, our compliment um, because we're, we're like, we're occupying his space. We're occupying his position. And so we're unconsciously like kicking him out of his, where it is that th the place that he inhabits because we're trying to be it ourselves. And then it's like, why, why are there no good men? Why is it only beta men that I'm meeting? Why is it only, you know, men yes. who are weak or like men who, you know, the, all the alpha men want to take, you know, get like a 25 year old. Well, I'm like, yeah, because you're like pushing, you're like pushing those guys away exactly. and you don't, you know, and I get it. It's like, sometimes we believe we have to be in that space to survive especially single, single mothers. It's like we, you know, they have to kind of buck up and, and do the thing and show up and, and just to survive. But it, it, it is, it creates a lot of issues. It does. But the master skill for women, and this is, this is something that I, I don't see that many women really mastering, which is like, okay, let's say you are the CEO. Let's say you are the single mom. Yes. I dated a single mom for a number of years and I experienced this and it was really challenging. But Okay, when you're in single mom mode or CEO mode, 
you got to be in that mode. Mm. But the master skill for women is, is when you come home and now you're with your man, you got to let go of that and you got to switch modes and you got to get into your feminine mode. And that is, and that is a skill yeah. that few women can master, the ability to switch on and off when they need to. I, I have not seen very many women. And to one more point yeah. uh, to what you said, which is, uh, you know, I have a, a very good friend. She's, she's a very uh, powerful businesswoman. Uh, I think mm. she told me the other day her business grossed a million dollars last year, you know, and it's a, it's a very tightly small, it's like not like a huge business. So um, that's a lot of income for a small business being ahead and mostly run by her. But she has that same complaint all the time. Why am I always meeting men who can't step it up? Why are they always, why do they never make enough money? Why are they never this? Why are they never that? Right. And she's never satisfied with any of the men she meets. Wow. That's right. We can see why. Yeah. I mean, that is the master skill. It really is because, you know, we are multidimensional people and humans. And I don't think I never want it to be like a thing where like I'm, I'm forced. I never want to be the person who's trying to force women into being feminine all the time or like they have to do it in order to attract a good man. It gets to be a choice, of course. You know, we we get to choose this because it feels good to us. But at the same time, um, you know, it, it's it's okay to 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 go into that CEO role. It's okay to be in the single mom role, but you have to be able to unwind it, and you have to be able to like switch out of that mode. And it, it can be difficult because it's kind of it's it's almost like I, I made this analogy the other day. It's like a, a train is going in one direction super fast, like a hundred miles in this direction, hundred miles per hour, and then it tries to switch, turn the train around, and go in this other direction, and it can cause this sort of schizophrenia. Um, it at least it has. It derails. That's <laughs> it derails, what happens. Yeah. Your relationship derails as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it's, I think it's possible. Like for me, I would say I go into that mode about 20% of the time, but it's definitely not the place I like to inhabit most. It's the place that I can kind of go into and get out of, but I don't want to be in there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and I found that I can operate from my feminine in my business too. It's not like I have to leave that part of myself behind. That's really interesting. (laughs) Remind me of if we end this show and we don't come back to that, please try to remind me because I would like to have a discussion about that too. Because so far we've really only talked about like, you can either be in masculine and do masculine business stuff, or you can be in feminine and do feminine, you know, stuff. But that's not necessarily true because yes, you can run your business. Yes. And be a leader from the feminine position too. But I don't want to get totally, derailed totally. on that subject. Yeah, I know we're going into some other direction now, but yeah. But it's totally. a fascinating direction. It's one I want to go in. I just like, I've asked you two questions out of 10. So, <laughs> so I, I, want to, I want to get to a few of those other questions first, and hopefully we'll have time to circle back around to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things that I, I wanted to talk about. So we were talking about how a woman can inspire her man to rise. Yes. But a, a question I have, because uh, I'm not sure if men or even uh, women listening know what they're necessarily trying to inspire them to be. So the question is, is like, mm. what is it that women really want a man to be? What is she trying to inspire him to be? What does she want her man to be? How does she want him to show up in a relationship? Like as a woman, that's why I have to ask you that question. Like as a woman, what are you looking for? What do you want a man to be? So men, if you're listening to this, pay attention to what she says. 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of women will tell you one thing and, but actually be feel some a totally different way. So I'll tell you how most women actually feel versus what they might tell you. Perfect. They want, <laughs> they want a man who is a protector, who has got their back, who's going to kill the spider, who's going to go off and fight the, you know, like be like, go to bat for them. Mm-hmm. They want that because it helps us feel safe. Right. So one of the main prerogatives of the feminine, the one of the main needs of the feminine is to feel safe. And so if we feel protected, it's like we can relax. And then it's like this exhale, I'm like, oh, I feel safe. My nervous system is calm. I can trust, I can surrender. So that's the first thing. We desire the provider. Like, so having a man who is willing to provide. And it doesn't even just mean financially, that can definitely be a piece of it, but it doesn't have to be the only way in which a man provides. There's so many different ways that men can provide. Um, But also I wouldn't just discount the, oh, I don't need a financial provider because I've got my own money and I can take care of myself. There is something really delicious about allowing that provision, that financial provision from a man that can actually contribute to that deeper feeling of, of rest and safety. And like, he's got me and I can just kind of sink into this and I can enter fully into intimacy and union and marriage and devotion. It's like he, I know that if something goes, something happens, like he's got me, like, that's what women want to feel like. They want to feel like he's got me. Yeah, absolutely. So I did a show not too long ago and uh, I forget what I titled it. Something like this is, this is what a woman really wants in a man, or something like that. And it's absolutely what you just said. But, but what I <laughs> what I love about it is, if I do a show as a guy and I tell you this is what a woman really wants in a man, yeah, it doesn't mean it's not valid because I I'm, I've come to those conclusions from women, from the women I've been with who've told me what they want, and from women I've worked with, right, and from friends I've talked with, and just that. But to hear it come straight from an actual woman, I think is a little bit more powerful, honestly. <laughs> yes. Right. Because it's, you're not just saying that because you, yeah. Cause you think it's what, you know, people want to hear, but it's, it's true. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of women will tell you, Oh, I want a man to be present. I want a man to be emotionally available. These things are important. But really, it is that like biological, physiological, like safety that is so important for women to just feel like I can just rest here. I don't have to like worry about whether, um, you know, if there's going to be food on the table next month, you know, it's just like that's taken care of. And there's something so restful about that, that we can just like sink into. And it makes us trust. It makes us feel like, oh, he's got me. I can trust and I think a lot of women have an issue with this too, because it's like, oh no, I don't need that. Blah, blah. But we actually kind of do, <laughs> especially to be able to procreate with a man. And this is a big thing because if we're going to have babies, if we're going to have family, we need to know that like we're safe to like take care of the young while the man goes out to the hunt and does the thing externally in the world. So we can like do our thing of, of tending the hearth and, and tending the children. So this is a very primitive program that, you know, many of us may want to send out of, or I'm super conscious. 
like this doesn't apply to me. Right. But like we're humans, we're like animals. We are, we're, we're wired this way. We're wired for safety. Like, especially women, we need this. And if you, if you don't feel like a man's going to keep you safe, you're not going to be attracted to him. I completely Um, agree. That's just true. I I always laugh, you know, I, I try to sometimes draw a diagram to make people understand this, but if, um, if you're watching on the video on YouTube, I'm holding my hands up, right? And I've got them pretty far apart. And if, if this is the entirety of human's existence, right? The part Mm. that is our modern society where we've decided all these things don't matter anymore is this tiny little piece that I'm making with my two little fingers over here, which means we're trying to override a ridiculously long time of programming and biology that says these are the things that we need. These are the things that we want. We can't do that simply by saying, well, that just doesn't work anymore. Because it's still our programming. It's coded. It's literally coded in our DNA. Literally. Yeah, it it truly, truly is. And so I think women need that physiological safety. So, you know, we can feel protected, provided for. And and I think also women want to feel like a man's a strong lead. And again, that can be challenging for women who are, and I know I put myself in this category for many, many years. It's like, I'm going to submit to a man. Are you crazy? I'm not going to like let him lead and like follow his leader. That's got, that's ridiculous. Right. Cause I was conditioned. I was raised by a, a very, um, a woman who was a very strong, independent feminist. Um, and so I took on a lot of that programming, but we need that because it's like, again, if you're out there in the jungle, let's say, and there's, a wild animal, you need somebody who's going to step up. You need somebody who's going to lead the pack. You need somebody who's going to be like, okay, we, we're not going to, we're not going to go this way. We're going to go this way. Um, or, you know, and, and it is, again, it's that instinctual wiring. It's like, if a man can lead, if he's a strong lead, if he knows where he's going, if he has a sense of direction, um, that's what we need to be able to like trust in that and, and fall into that. Yeah, you know, I have another another fun little story. So when my wife and I first met, in the circles that we traveled in, well, not that we always traveled in, but the circles that we met, which was just one of many circles that we traveled in, um, you know, things that would be considered more, I don't know, masculine or, the, you know, for instance, say firearms, just to throw one thing out there, right? So, yeah. you know, I've spent a lot of years training in firearms. I'm pretty highly trained in firearms use. And when I met her, given the context in which we met, I was like, oh God, I don't want to tell her that, right? This is, and this is, you know, this goes quite a few years back. Nowadays, it's like, if I meet somebody like, all right, here's the deal right now. You need to know this because if it's a problem for you, you're out of here, right? But, <laughs> but at that right, time, right. at that time, I was like, oh man, I don't really want to share that with her because around these circles, like that's not necessarily appreciated, you know? And mm-hmm. so I held it back for a little while. And then, you know, at some point, you know, as you're getting to know each other, you just, you, these things come out. And I was pleasantly surprised and amazed. And it was one of the moments when I knew that she was the one when she thought it was mm. awesome and was like, yes. yeah, she's like, yes, that I yeah. want my man to know how to do that. Right. Yes, exactly. We, and, and again, it's when we're so conditioned out of our animal bodies and that's why embodiment is so important because it's like what, it, it brings us back into who we are instinctually. Um, that may not seem like an important thing, especially if we're living in a society that seems relatively safe and everything's, you know, uh, we lose a little bit of that gender polarity, but, 
but it's still there. It's, it's, we can't override those programs and nor would we want to because you never know when an intruder might come in and you need, you need your man to protect you or what, like you, you never know. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, there have, I've never actually fortunately had an intruder in the house, but there have been times when something loud crashed in the house in the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning, right? Something just goes, bam, wakes you both up and your eyes are wide open, you know? She, who's she looking at to go look and see what the fuck was she's that? She's like grabbing right? on to you. Like, oh <laughs> <Right? laughs> but yeah. so she's looking at me, right? That, that is my job, my role. But you know what? I actually enjoy that. I have, yes. I literally have my war belt next to the bed. I can have that thing on in three seconds. I am fully prepared to take on any threat that happens in the house, right? Because that's my role, but I also enjoy that role. And she's like, good. I'm glad it's you going to check that out. <laughs> Exactly. And this is, again, this is why we don't want to castrate men, why we don't want to emasculate them, because that instinct is intact within healthy masculine men. But then we can, as women, we can condition it out of them because we think that that's somehow the fact that you shoot guns or the fact that you have your war belt. Oh, that's toxic masculinity. That's violent. Oh, that's a red flag because what, you know, but that's all bullshit. Like, like, no, like that's just your conditioning speaking. I, I, and, I give you some applause for that. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that on your end, but yeah, I totally can. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's, it's just, it's so it, it's a fool's errand to, to do what we do with men it, to, to try and make them nice or, or safer or even more conscious or spiritual. Of course you don't want a man who's like totally unconscious, kind of like a, I don't know if you've seen the the Twin Peaks, um, the the movie, or sorry, the the TV series, um, the David not. Lynch. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Anyway, there's this there's this character in it. Uh, his name is Leo Johnson. He's just almost like the quintessentially toxic masculine guy who's just like he's he's got the gun and he's he's always like Shelly, like sit down, shut up. You know, it's it's we don't want that, but we also don't want a man who's a total was a wimp like we don't want that and yet women by and large or this society that is becoming more and more and more effeminized it's bringing that out it's bringing out those qualities it's it's taking men out of their it's saying oh that's that's not that's that's toxic right those those qualities that you have innately as a man that instinct that you have to protect and provide and lead, it's like, no, that we're just going to get rid of that. Yeah. My wife and I, we always made a big distinction between, you know, what we called the macho asshole masculine, which is the old school, what, you know, is actual toxic masculinity. I don't like to use the term toxic masculinity because it's completely yeah, I don't either, but yeah. mis misconstrued. But so, you know, we, we would say you've got the macho asshole guy, then you've got the softy spiritual yes. guy. And what you're really looking yes. for is the guy that can embody the best traits of both, which you can use whatever term you want for enlightened, masculine, evolved, masculine, whatever term you want to use for it. But, but a guy who can uh, be thoughtful and present and caring and loving and all of that stuff, and also be protector and be, you know, like, yes. like Jordan Peterson says, um, uh, I don't know if I'll get the quote exactly right, but but he says something like uh, something along the lines of, uh, you know, a man should be uh, dangerous but under voluntary control, right? Yes, 
Yeah, I think it, what is it he says? Like, I, I don't remember, but I love that quote. It always like stuck out to me so much. It's like, yes, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. we are really running out of time. I've, I've been so into the conversation. Okay. I didn't even read the second ad. Let me read the second ad real quick. Then I want to jump into one more question. That'll be four out of 10, really. But, <laughs> but it's an important one that I want to make sure that we cover. And then, then we'll kind of wrap yeah. up. Uh, I'll do do this ad as quickly as I can. Hey guys, do you know what makes a man great? You know the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. Is it money, job title, his physical body, being great in bed, a big penis, great pickup lines? What if you don't have those or only some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? I can help you. If you are ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be, then this is the program for for you. Go to kevinandceline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. That is my men's coaching program. That's where I'm going to help you with a lot of the stuff that we're talking about in this very episode. You're over there. You're going to help the women out. I'm helping the men out over here, right? So that's kevinandceline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. Link is in the description. Okay. So, uh, there's so many more questions I want to ask you, but I want to get into this one because I love to leave people with solutions as much as I can. So yes, we were just talking about what it means to uh, inspire him. And I'm wondering yes. if you could share some examples, some ways in which women can inspire their men. So men, you'll know what to mm. look for and women, you'll know what to do. Just a couple of examples yes. of ways that, that women can inspire their men. Yeah. I mean, it's so simple. It's, it's really not that complicated. Once you, when you do kind of figure out all the things not to do, then you can do, <laughs> you can do what it, you know, really step into what you can do. And it, it's really not that hard. What you want to do is first and foremost, and I think this is so important for women is, and it's so important for men to know that you, you feel this way about them is just like, accept them accept them for where they're at, accept them wherever they're at in their lives. If they're, you know, if they are top CEO of a company, accept them there. Or if they are working their way up, accept them there. Or if they're not quite there yet, but they're moving in the right direction, accept them where they're at. Because it's like, it creates a safety. It creates a place where men actually have room to rise. But what we usually do is we're like, oh, he's not enough. He's not doing enough. He's not there yet. And so we'll we'll start mothering. We'll start controlling. And we won't actually let him do that. So just having that baseline of acceptance and respect, it's like, I, res- I just respect you because you're worthy of my respect. It's not because you do all these things for me. Yes, of course, they're gonna, he's going to do a lot of things for you. But I respect you as a human. I respect you as a man. I respect you as my beloved. I respect you as as my, my counterpoint. And, and that's, that's it. I mean, that's not it, but like, that's, it's, it's the base, it's the foundation. And then from there, it's like, we can really move into more um, advanced stuff. But if you don't have that in place, then there's nothing, no tips or tricks or hacks or whatever communication techniques are going to work if you don't accept him where he's at. Yeah, that, that is fantastic. And you know, if we if we had more time, one of the questions I had, and we won't have time to go into it now, but it was about, you know, like the blind spots women have, which is a, a lot of going into like the things that they shouldn't be doing. And we, we kind of yes. touched on them a little bit, 
But um, yeah, just when we're talking about how can women inspire, lay that yes, foundation, yes. stop doing those negative things that, that you mentioned earlier, you know, the criticizing and, and, and the mothering and like all that kind of stuff, right? And that, if you could just do those two things alone, Lay that foundation you just talked about, about accepting him where he's at and stop doing those negative things. You will already see a dramatic transformation in your relationship without even all the 100%. additional things that I know that you can, you can teach women as well. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, it's everything. I mean, there's other things like vulnerability and sharing your desires and your needs. But again, that's, that's later. Like this, this is the foundational piece that most women need to get to. Yeah. So since we got a couple more minutes, <laughs> um, I do. I'm going to ask you one more of the questions that was on the list, and, yeah. and the reason I want to ask is because you mentioned earlier that you were raised by a woman who was very much a feminist, and that you held a lot of those feminist ideas. Obviously, yeah. now a lot of the things that you're saying on this show are making feminists go berserk right now if they're listening to this, right? So, so I'm sorry, feminists. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is really, and, and you've, you've sort of talked about this already, but it's what has your personal experience been? Like this question's more relevant now that I know your background. So where you came from yeah. to where you are now, what is your personal experience in having made this shift in this transition? So I think it really comes down to one thing. It's like I decided, and I, I wish women could just hear this. I decided I wanted to be happy more than I wanted to be right. Ooh, hold on. <laughs> Truth bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like there's, you could, the laundry list of ways that men have oppressed women and, and, you know, the, the, the wage gap and all these that you could just go into that stuff ad infinitum. But like, when you're like, no, I don't actually, none of that matters to me because that's not going to give me happiness. What's going to give me happiness is being home with my beloved and being in, in marriage and, and, you know, whether that's having a family or whatever it is, but like, this is, this is what makes me happy. This is what brings me happy joy. And I think it's what would bring a lot of women happiness and joy. It's just that we have to get over that need to be right about us being victims and, and having our whole lives tailored around like the vindication of that injustice. And again, I'm very much not into social justice warrior culture for that specific reason. Would you say that you're happier now and you have better relationships now than you did before? Is, is that a fair assessment? Oh yeah. A hundred percent, like a million percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hope everybody heard that. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I have so many more questions I want to ask you, but we are really out of time. So I want to give you an opportunity to tell the listeners if they're resonating with your message, where can they find more about you and your work? Yeah. So um, the website that my husband and I have, um, it's ecstaticallyeverafter.com. So it's like happily ever after, but it's ecstaticallyeverafter.com. Um, and there you can find more information about our work and the different ways to work with us. I work with women in who are looking to find the partner, looking to find the husband, but also women who are wanting to um, embody more of their feminine in the relationship they already have and inspire their man to rise. So both of those are ways, kind of different ways in which you can work with me. Awesome. And link will be in the description. So just look for it there. Okay. Great. So I have one more question for you. 
Um, and that is, do you have a sister? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Get in as many questions as we can. Yeah, no. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, cause I know that you're happily married. So yes. yes. Um, no, there, there is one last question that we ask all of the guests that are on the show. And so, uh, I'm going to ask it to you as well. And that is, what is your best sexual talent? Ooh, my goodness, getting blushed. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like um, since I am officially a Tantra, I, I did a Tantra certification a number of years ago, I think the multi-orgasmic quality is probably my greatest talent. That is a fantastic talent to have. Uh, yes. As also being a certified Tantra counselor and uh, having been <laughs> with multiple Tantric women throughout my life, I can honestly say that is a fantastic talent to have. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Well, maybe at some point we'll have to continue this conversation because there's a lot we didn't get to that I would love to share. But I really appreciate everything that you have shared so far. And uh, I really hope that people heard some of those messages. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. This is really fun. And I know it's like, it's, it's a, a can of worms that you open up. And it's just like, there's so much to unpack, but hopefully another time. Yeah, well, you know, if somebody really, if it really whet their appetite, and they want to know more, they know who to look for to find more. So that's right. All right, everybody, that's all the time I have for this episode, and I will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.